Anthos is this incredible Google Cloud powered software capability that can be layered on into the customer's environment. Whether that environment is in the cloud, whether that environment is on-prem, you know, it's a stack of software assets and capabilities that the customer can embrace and get that connective tissue to everything that they're doing on-prem and off-prem. An interesting trend started by Microsoft with their Azure Stack offering is the cloud coming to your data center wherever you run your compute assets. Now, Google's offering in this space is called Anthos, which allows you to run your applications in either Google or in an on-prem deployment of GKE, you know, the Google Kubernetes engine. Now, in the virtual studio today, I have Nurav Sheth, who is the director, a partner, and ISV specialist over at Google. Now, Google has an interesting claim to fame, and that's that they've written and managed nine different applications, which each have over a billion monthly users. In our conversation, Narav uses this as a major proof point as to why you should use Google for your cloud-native applications. As always, a quick reminder that after the interview, I have some information about the global roundtable events which Rackspace is hosting, as well as a preview of our next episode. So stick around for that. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Deverter. So as we've talked about a lot on this show before, the transformation to the cloud is a complex one. And it's complex in trying to figure out how to, you know, what applications to transform, how to transform them, what languages to use, what, what clouds to use. And, uh, and it's birthed this organizations in the, these groups inside of these different cloud organizations to help their organizations be able to better represent what they do. Well, now I'm joined today by Nirav Sheth, who is the director of partner and ISV specialist sales over at Google. Nirav, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Hey, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. 100%. Now, I've said what your title is, but what does that actually mean? What does a day in the life of Nirav at Google actually look like? So a day in the life, uh, Jeff, is a couple of different things. First and foremost, I've got the great pleasure and honor and privilege to work with some of the most sophisticated partners in the world, such as Rackspace, as they really work with Google and take our solutions to market. Uh, that's a lot of the outbound focus. I'm also, as kind of you mentioned during the title, I also work very closely with many of our ISV customers that are coming onto our platform and really structuring what a joint go-to-market looks like and then turning around and dedicating sales specialists to them so that they can go off and be successful as they sell kind of quote unquote with Google. Now on the back end, kind of internally with Google, I work very closely with our sales teams to ensure that we're driving the right route to market strategy, that we've got the right kind of channel capacity, we're doing the right kind of channel planning. Uh, in place. Also the same thing in terms of ISVs and whatnot. And we work very closely with our global partner organization, which is headed up by Carolee Gearhart uh, on the continuous kind of evolution and whatnot in terms of our partner programs uh, and things of like that. And you're really providing a voice from the field uh, and candidly our biggest business, which is our West business for Google Cloud. So Got it. for somebody, I'm sorry. So if somebody like me, it's great because it has a tremendous amount of diversity. That's incredible. That's uh, it's not a consistent day in the life. Then I would I would venture to guess. Yeah. 
So um, you know, Google is not the first to build out an elaborate partner organization to help their their own sales folks work with uh, with a partner through a partner to be able to represent the amazing technology that they have. From your perspective, from your viewpoint, and Google's, you know, why is why is it better for a company to work with a partner as opposed to kind of just kind of forge and go it alone? Yeah, so a couple thoughts. So first and foremost, Google is deeply committed to the partner ecosystem and is cultivating the best ecosystem in the world. And whether it's our top leadership, you know, starting with Thomas Curion, you know, candidly, even from our Alphabet CEO, Sundar Pichai, we have been very explicit that we will be the best partner for our partners. Now, from a customer lens, you know, one of the reasons that they'll often choose to work with a great partner like a Rackspace is typically that partner is going to be representing multiple different providers in that customer's environment and relationship, right? So Rackspace might come in and might you know, provide some level of security capability, might provide some level of on-prem data center management capability, might provide some level of cloud capability, let's say Google, you know, and might be providing a set of other assets and capabilities as well. And so I think for a customer, you know, I view a number of different benefits ranging from being able to consolidate you know, multiple parts of IT consumption with one provider, which in this case, let's say would be a Rackspace, to also that intimacy and the feed on the street. You know, when Rackspace has an architect assigned to an account or Rackspace has an account executive assigned to a client, they're really understanding the depth and breadth of that customer's environment holistically. You know, whereas let's say an OEM is going to have a point of view on a particular part of that environment. And so it's not better or worse. I just feel like you know, that's why I think historically the technology industries had a fairly robust channel ecosystem. That's interesting. Um, you know, what we've seen is that partners really just help um, bring some sense, help a customer, you know, get their eyes above the trees a little bit, see the horizon a little farther, and and then be able to look at, at their ecosystem a little more holistically. Now, of course, it adds an expense. There's somebody else in there who's going to, you know, who's, who's got a paycheck, who's got a bill to be paid. Um, but the goal then, obviously, is that the outcome um, is has has much greater value. Absolutely, Jeff. And remember, that partner is often going to be viewed as a trusted advisor, right? And I realize that that's a term that's often used, but I think, mm. you know, in this scenario, in this kind of engagement where, let's say, a Rackspace or another channel partner is engaging with an end customer, I really believe it holds true because ultimately, again, you're going to be representing multiple lines of, you know, multiple different businesses, in many instances, representing competitors within the same kind of business. Mm -hmm. And so when a customer is turning to you and trying to work with you on understanding what's that cloud transformation journey look like, what's the best cloud provider for them, they've got that confidence where they can rest assured that if you're proposing Google, you're doing that knowing well and good that you you could be proposing anybody. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, so that's one of the benefits that are that, you know, specifically Rackspace brings to the table is our is our re, we've got relationships with all of the providers. So when we bring somebody in, we're bringing a partner like Google in um, very specifically and and at the expense of the other clouds because of the fact that we trust you as, you know, most efficient, most flexible or secure. There's a lot of most that you guys really hang your hat on, which are, which are incredible. I mean, you guys have done some amazing work from a data center perspective, databases, um, you know, containers. We could, we could, we could make very honestly make the statement, the world would not be where we are with containers today if it wasn't for Google. Uh, And that's really kind of key to a lot of your future and your planning. 
Absolutely, Jeff. So, I mean, I, you know, there is unequivocally no doubt that the investments and the progress that Google has made has really been for the industry as a whole, including our commitment to open source to things like Kubernetes, right? How large-scale clouds and data centers get orchestrated, you know, architected, orchestrated, the security policy around that, the automation around that, so forth and so on. You know, it, when you have nine different services in which you enjoy more than a billion monthly active users, and no other wow. company in the world has that like Google, you build for mass scale from day one. And what we're doing is we're bringing the power of all of that scale and innovation and the robustness of that network and the security and everything else, and we're empowering our customers with that when they invest and they choose to work with Rackspace and with Google on the Google Cloud platform. And as we've kind of come to market, what we've also recognized compared to our competitors is that customers are going to be at a different pace in terms of their journey to the cloud. You know, they're going to look to retain some of their workloads, some of their assets on-prem. Maybe the pace at which they're going to be migrating some of those workloads over is going to throttle, it's going to change. And so from the get-go, not only do we have the most robust and the most scalable architecture in the industry, but also from the get-go, we've been the ones that have truly been committed to this whole vision and this whole concept of multi-cloud. Hmm. So what, is, what do you mean when you say that you're committed to the, to the concept of multi-cloud? Specifically, you know, how, are you, how are you backing that up? So we're backing that up with really what we've come to market with, which is our game-changing announcement called Anthos. So Anthos is you know, what I would deem the connective tissue for a customer's multi-cloud journey to include their on-prem capabilities. So by layering Anthos into a customer's environment, that customer can effectively connect the worlds of our competitor clouds as well as Google together and fuse that with their on-prem capabilities. So, you know, this is something that is real. This is something that's available in market with a select set of partners like Rackspace right now. And this is something that customers can begin embracing and again, gives them the flexibility to be on the journey to the cloud at the pace that they want to be. Let's say they've recently made some CapEx investments in terms of on-prem data center capabilities and they're not ready to flip immediately, but they want to kind of plan the next two, three-year journey by layering on Anthos into their environment. They're getting that connective, connective tissue and they're able to do that. Or alternatively, what we're finding more and more customers may be invested in a competitive cloud solution, recognize that they want to basically get out and move over to Google by layering something on like Anthos into their environment. That journey to migrate becomes that much more easier, but again, can be done at the pace that that customer wants to proceed. Amazing. So, so maybe not everybody on who's listening knows all of the most recent announcements. In you know just a, just a few sentences, what is Anthos and why is why does it why can you make it that claim that it is that connective tissue? So, what I would say, Jeff, is again, and maybe I'm just oversimplifying it, but Anthos is this incredible Google Cloud powered software capability that can be layered on into the customer's environment whether that environment is in the cloud, whether that environment is on-prem. You know, it's a stack of software assets and capabilities that the customer can embrace and get that connective tissue to everything that they're doing on-prem and off-prem. Got it. So really a way to, even from a container perspective, to orchestrate that across any geography, any cloud, any, any, any bit of infrastructure. 
Absolutely, and then get all the visibility, dashboard capabilities, and insights that they need across that distributed infrastructure. Well, that's pretty incredible. So, um, you know, you, one of the there's so much in there I want to unpack. But the first one that comes to mind, and it's I think it's top of mind, uh, very much of everybody as 2020 has seen this mass push out into the cloud based on everything that's happening this year. And and that word is that's top of mind is security. So how does how does Google approach security in that? You know, you create connective tissue across the whole world, you know, what security is, is Google putting in place to ensure, you know, that, that, that all of the secret stuff says secret. So a core tenet of our mission statement is respect the user. When you have more than nine services with a billion monthly active users, the ability to deliver privacy and security to those users is paramount. And all that scale and knowledge is what we're building in ground up across the entire Google Cloud platform. Now, many of those capabilities are in-house in terms of what we've done and how we've orchestrated and architected our environments to be able to provide that security and that encryption and that level of capability that our customers demand, including our public sector customers in terms of FedRAMP, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then in some instances, what we've also done, I mentioned kind of ISVs and the work that we're doing with our ISVs. We also have a whole host of third-party capabilities that our customers can also begin to layer on to their environment. So we've got a fantastic partnership with, let's say, a Palo Alto Networks you know, to provide customers that much more in the way of user security or that much more in the way of analytics in terms of what's happening in the cloud. We've recently announced a robust partnership with Splunk, so forth and so on. And so there's a, a tremendous amount of organic innovation that we're doing. And really this journey started for us years ago as we think about, you know, things like Gmail and Chrome and all of these other billion plus user services. We've taken all of that knowledge, expertise, and know-how. We continue to not just build on top of that, but we continue to innovate rapidly. And then what we also have is a set of third-party ISV partnerships that can come together as a customer thinks about that stack and that solution. And so if I think about all of those organic innovations and all of those organic investments, that comes alive in Anthos because ultimately Anthos is powered by Google Cloud. Powered by Google Cloud. That's incredible. So when companies start to think about moving out to the cloud, regardless of what it might be, but when we think about it through the perspective of, of Google, application modernization always comes to mind. There, you, you've got Windows VMs, you've got Linux VMs, but the real power of the cloud starts to unlock when we start to utilize more of these cloud-native capabilities. And Anthos, Kubernetes, and then Anthos from a, from a, a connective tissue perspective, really are great ways to, to, to kind of be that stepping stone. What is the, the, the Google mindset on application modernization? Is there a pathway? Is there a, a prescription? Or maybe just, just talk about, about that a little. Yeah. So again, I think our, our real perspective is we want to be a true partner to our customers and have them on the journey at the pace that they want to be at. Now, from a Kubernetes perspective, remember, we wrote Kubernetes and basically gave it to the world. And we wrote Kubernetes when we think about the scale that we needed for other parts of the Alphabet slash Google business. And so as we think about being the experts on Kubernetes and the capabilities that we have, like GKE and the Google, Google Kubernetes engine, we make the ability for a customer to, let's say, take and port a VM-based application 
into a more modernized cloud native kind of application very simply and very easily, especially when backed and powered by things like Anthos. That said, we also recognize that that's not always going to be the case for our customers. We've got a massive capability that has gone GA, which is our VM engine, which is in partnership with VMware, which was powered by an inorganic investment we made in terms of Cloud Simple. And what that provides is a customer the flexibility to say, hey, look, I'm ready for a data center refresh. However, I'm not ready to replatform and let's say, quote unquote, modernize my application stack, or I don't have the ability to make that investment right now. However, there is no way I'm going to make a multi-million dollar on-prem CapEx investment in terms of data center. So let me work with Google Cloud. Let me take advantage of this VM engine and kind of basically just replicate my entire environment in Google Cloud. And then I can work closely with the Google Teams and let's say Rackspace on taking advantage of things like GKE and other things to kind of quote unquote modernize that application, you know, on the pace that I want to modernize that. So we've got a whole suite of different tool sets that enables a customer to modernize. We obviously have a whole suite of tool sets you know, that enables a customer to kind of ground up built, uh, build cloud native. Um, but ultimately we're providing the flexibility for our customers with things like the VM engine to essentially kind of, you know, go at their own pace. Yeah, that VM engine is really pretty incredible. And of course, that works across any of the, the modern operating systems uh, that, that a company is going to need to uh, to be able to make that, that sort of a shift. And I've always been an advocate of not, not forcing a transformation as part of the migration out to the cloud, but really yep. doing that in steps. That's, that was an incredible move on your part. Thank you. So, um, so then, so that kind of covers security and how, you know, it was actually a really interesting answer that it's, it's not the singular thing. It's baked into everything that you do to ensure that, uh, the secret stuff stays secret and personal uh, companies, personal data stays just where they want it to be. But when, now when we start to think about the benefits of, of moving out into, into the public cloud, you know, some people will talk about costs. They'll talk about agility. You know, when when Google is thinking about about and talking about to, talking to customers about how to make that transition and some of the benefits of utilizing Google. Why a Google? You know, you already talked about a few of them. You know, but these service, all the services that you've got that have over a billion uh, users on a daily basis. That's just incredible. But but what are some of the things that make Google or other things? I should say you've mentioned a few, but that make Google the special place for these applications. And are are there specific types of apps that are more suited for Google? Yeah, so I mean, clearly I'm going to have a little bit of a bias where I believe Google is by far and away the best, right? And I think there's a couple of different reasons for that. And again, I think it's kind of tailor-made based on what the customer is seeking to achieve, right? If I'm a customer that wants to build ground up, you know, digital native kind of environment, cloud native kind of apps, et cetera, why wouldn't you work with the folks that essentially wrote Kubernetes and have the sophistication where we're running, you know, nine applications at a billion plus monthly active users? If anybody understands scale, if anybody understands modern application architectures, if anybody understands the ability to, to really kind of, you know, automate and orchestrate applications into scale up, scale down, so forth and so on, it's us. Right. But that said, again, you know, if you look at all the different kind of dimensions and criteria, to me, 
you know, we're number one in entities, right? If you're looking at it from a cost perspective, let's say a customer is just purely looking at how can I reduce my TCO for my application environment? We're going to win out on that front. If you look at just in terms of scale of the network, you know, the security capabilities, the ability to just outperform and outdo our competitors in a POC uh, kind of scenario, again, we're going to win out. You know, whether you talk about just the flexibility you know, to be across an incredibly distributed environment and to have kind of a one-stop shop with something like Anthos, right, which enables you to fuse your on-prem capabilities with your cloud capabilities across multiple cloud providers, we're able to do that. Whether you're talking about maybe the host of ISV and third-party solutions that we offer uh, to con continue to help a customer complete their stack and simplify all of that procurement either directly with us or with a partner like Rackspace, we do that as well. And I think all of this comes out in kind of case studies and specific scenarios. And one that I often like to cite to our customers when thinking about, hey, is Google the right partner for me? Because fundamentally, that's how we look at it, right? We want to be a partner for our customer's journey, whatever that journey is, right? That journey could be top line, that journey could be bottom line, that journey could be incremental innovation, that journey can be differentiation, you know, that journey could be, hey, we just have to get through, you know, the crisis that's upon us. We truly look at ourselves as a partner. And I think the, again, the example or the case study I typically like to use, you know, in terms of how do I bring that to life is maybe from right around the time that I joined the organization. So I joined the organization late November. And for those listeners that are in the U.S., typically that's, you know, peak shopping season for the U.S., right? It's quote-unquote Black Friday and Cyber Monday. If we take a look at the retail accounts that we work with, and obviously we've had you know, quite a few high-profile retail wins given the competitive landscape that some of our competitors might be in with our retail clients. Um, but if you look at kind of you know, that vertical or that strata of retailers that work with us, we communicated to them two weeks in advance of Black Friday that we're gonna do a global code freeze so that they can do all the site readiness engineering and everything else that they need to do to ensure that they've got the peace of mind, the stability and the scale and capacity required to get through Black Friday. We then orchestrated and organized a whole support force to dedicatedly focus you know, on our retail clients and essentially just provide them not only proactive monitoring and engagement, but also kind of just that hotline of, hey, you know, Houston, we have an issue potentially. Um, and we, of course, did all the sizing with them to think about Cyber Monday, right? Because for many of these retailers, you know, Cyber Monday might be a major event or as big an event, you know, as Black Friday would be, or alternatively, Cyber Monday is where they were seeing all their growth. And I'm really, really pleased to, you know, to uh, note, and I believe our CEO noted this on one of our earnings calls as well. We did not have a single incident across our entire portfolio of retailers. Now, if I compare that, um, there was a really, really large brand name retailer that was working with one of our competitors, and they had multiple hours of outages during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Yeah, so the two days that are probably the biggest revenue days for them, and we're talking about a multi-billion dollar you know, very recognizable brand name that was working with a competitor uh, experienced 
a significant amount of pain. And I can personally state that I actually tried to shop, you know, on that retailer's website on that Monday to try to take advantage of a couple of deals. And I couldn't get my transactions through and I ended up going somewhere else. And I only, after the fact, found out, you know, kind of what the real story was about that retailer and kind of that retailer working with one of our competitors. And I think that to me, and I realize this is a little bit of a longer example, but I think that to me kind of exemplifies what it means to be with Google. You are not a metric for us. You are not a number for us. You are not a sales opportunity for us. Our customers are our partners and vice versa. And we're going to be with you on the journey every step of the way. Interesting. And, uh, and you know, so many companies appreciate the fact that they're not being viewed as, as a metric, as a number, as a, uh, as a cog in the wheel. So that's, that's pretty incredible. And a great example, too, of the tangible impacts of, of choosing a cloud that, that isn't necessarily up to the, to, to the charge of, of, of whatever the moment might be. In that case, it was, of course, a failed Cyber Monday. Um, and that I think also kind of, if we were to draw us back to the Anthos world, you know, cause there, there's still a need there perceived or otherwise, uh, for some workloads to remain on premises or to go to a managed hoster and Anthos then having the ability, I love your term, the connective tissue to be that, that layer that is able to, to pull it together, give you the metrics of everything that's happening in that environment and manage it in an effective way. And I think that when we start looking at, uh, as, as cyber becomes more and more the way of the world, given uh, the way of the world in 2020, uh, there's going to be so much more of a focus on that. Because there I have seen, and I'd be curious if Google, if you have a, uh, an opinion on this, a, a, a vast acceleration to utilizing the cloud in 2020 in the light of COVID. What, what has been y'all's experience? Yeah, so we're in the quiet period right now, so I can't talk about specific metrics and data points from this quarter. Uh, but if you look at a lot of the industry data and some of the research that, let's say, a Gartner or an IDC or other kind of CEO slash CIO surveys, you know, there's kind of a common theme that's coming up, right? And that common theme is, hey, look, overall IT spend might be somewhat impacted, but the spend on consumption-based models, so specific cloud and SaaS services is going to continue to increase and it's going to continue to grow. Now, last quarter, we announced 50 plus percent growth. And again, we're in the quiet period this quarter, so I'm not talking about this quarter, but last quarter, we announced 50% uh, plus cloud growth. Our competitors were definitely comfortably in the double digits as well. Obviously, we were faster, you know, we were growing, you know, more aggressively, but they were also in the double digits. And I think that's kind of just a testament uh, to what's going to happen. And I think the unfortunate events that are kind of in front of us right now, and for all of our listeners, obviously, I wish you the best of you know, health and safety for you, your teams, your families and whatnot. Uh, but the, I think the unfortunate events, and you used this term earlier, Jeff, digital agility, but I think it's kind of really brought to the forefront this whole concept of digital agility. You know, when shelter in place started to hit in March, there were some companies that were literally able to flip the switch and not have any impact to their productivity whatsoever. And there were other companies that it really took some time and probably incremental investments to re, you know, regain a certain level of productivity. And I realize this is going to differ industry uh, to industry, um, but that's kind of what we're seeing. You know, I think we've announced that you know, our utilization for things like G Suite and Meet uh, has gone up exponentially during this time because, again, customers were embracing it. And by the way, that's the case for several of our competitors as well. 
Um, but I think th- this is going to be, in my mind, and hindsight's always 2020, uh, but this is going to be a world-changing event uh, in terms of how customers think about the strategic imperative of IT and technology as a whole. And I believe, and I think this is borne out by a lot of the industry data and the research and customer surveys that are happening, it's going to be a massive catalyst for cloud and SaaS models. But on the flip side, as you mentioned, Jeff, again, that's not a black or white or all or nothing kind of scenario, right? There's going to be situations where maybe for regulatory reasons or other things that customers need to lead certain data or certain workloads on-prem. You know, again, maybe it's, say they just recently made some investments and they're going to have to amortize that over the next few years. And that's why we're so excited to work with a partner like Rackspace. You know, you have been a market and an industry leader uh, in terms of hosted and managing a customer's on-prem capabilities. You were one of the first to make some bold investments in the cloud with one of our competitors. Uh, and we're really excited now that, you know, you're getting so bold and ready to lead with us. But I think, you know, this partnership is representative of where the market is going, right? That's why you are in the select group. And when I say you, I mean, Rackspace is in the select group of, you know, partners that are the early enablers for our customers around Anthos because we recognize this amazing capability and level of sophistication that you bring to the market. Um, But it's also recognition of the kind of customer base that you have, right? You have customers that are on-prem that you're managing. You have customers that you've helped on their journey to the cloud. They're looking to diversify into multi-cloud. They're looking to take those on-prem assets into the cloud. You know, we're winning together uh, in a number of, you know, rack space customers, right, to, you know, to kind of say it over simplistically. And I think, again, Anthos is that connective tissue and is the game changer that provides the customer the flexibility that they need to have. Incredible. Uh, It's really fascinating to see how Google is leading, uh, not just in 2020 with with all of the disruption that's happening, but for so many years as a technology leader, we really appreciate it. And Rackspace really sincerely appreciates the the partnership that we have with you. Uh, Nirav, this has been a very fascinating conversation. Thanks so much for being a part of it today. It's great to get your perspective on the cloud world, on transformation, on digital agility, I'm going to use that phrase now that I've said it. You reminded me of it. And uh, we look forward to having you come back on here in, in the coming months and you know, updating on, on, uh, on what the latest and greatest is and how Anthos is making an impact in the industry. Thank you so much, Jeff, for the opportunity. I'm very humbled and privileged to, to have been a part of the broadcast. And also to our listeners, again, I hope you stay safe. I hope you're staying healthy. And you know, looking forward to engage with you in some way, shape, or form. Sounds great. Okay, everybody, thank you for listening. This is Cloud Talk, and I'm Jeff Deverter, CTO in the Solutions Team here at Rackspace. This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com.
I can't imagine the amount of responsibility that comes with managing nine different applications with over a billion users each. The amount of perspective and experience that that gives Google at managing cloud native applications is just incredible. Now, managing, securing, and optimizing these types of applications, running in different locations, or even in different clouds, well, now that's something that Rackspace has spent the past 20 years refining and helping our customers with. And we love to share this information. One way we do this is through resources like this podcast or the content, which can be found over at solve.rackspace.com. Now, another resource that Rackspace is making available all for free is that we're hosting a collection of events that we call Solve Strategy Series, which covers everything that you need to know from multi-cloud to cloud-native innovation. Now, the first event has already been held, but the next one is scheduled for August 19th of 2020, and it focuses on managing technology budgets with shifting priorities, all things cost optimization, and will be hosted by me, Jeff Deverter. Now, there's no charge for the event, but you do need to register. So head over to solve.rackspace.com and look for the links to the Solve Strategy Series, where you can also learn about future events on such topics as cloud security, cloud native enablement, and data modernization. Now, here's what we have in store for you in our next episode. Being purposeful about how you build that that diversity and inclusion with the team, that amplification that you get across all the different mindsets that can bring a solution together. You need to be in an environment which uh, allows and fosters a lot of the innovation and that is open for new points of view. Uh, we have a responsibility to identify the next generation of talent, of multicultural talent. And it really starts with, I think, um, that talent pipeline. And when you have that type of harmony um, and people are invested, you start seeing massive payoffs. And that's in our next episode of Cloud Talk. Mm-hmm.